got back from tryouts for a theater thing for a musical the theater so that's a pretty fun thing but yeah. how are you doing mm, you know life <laughs> life has, been a rough week yeah life has been lifey for sure life has decided to come in at all fours all fours all force I don't think running at all four four limbs. (laughs) Oh, that's scary. Don't like that image. Uh, Did you ever play the llama game? It was like an app on iPhone. Yes. And it was like a mutant llama. (laughs) Yeah, or they also had the platypus version of that. I played both of them. I like completed. Oh, wait, it was alpacas. Yeah. It wasn't llamas. Yeah, it was alpacas um, and platypus. Pla- is it plat- platypi? Platypi? Plat- plat- people. <laughs> <laughs> the platypeople. Ooh, no. That but that's what life pie. looks like. On all fours. Ooh, uh, yeah. The alpaca. Just like... <laughs> that was a terrifying game. I, I love that game. There was a cat version, too. It was not not cool it was very off-brand you know yeah (laughs) um if you can't hear i am very uh allergy sick congestoid Um, yeah um i sound kind of nasally i'm going into my barbara streisand true form oh yes go babs um you Want to go into trivia? I mean, what is our topic today, bro? <laughs> what are we even talking about? Fashion. I forgot for a minute. You completely skipped a whole crucial part. Are it's you into crucial. fashion? Do you know what fashion entails? Are we fashionistas? The answer to all is no. Oh. <laughs> so you don't fashion? I mean, I watch or used to watch like Project Runway and like RuPaul, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm not a fashion person. My yeah. my choice of fashion, I call hobo couture. Yeah. So, or I look like a kindergarten teacher. There's no in between. In between. It's just. It's just me. Ooh, 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 wow. So cool. I know I am. <sighs> what about you? Are you fashionable? Um, I'm fashionably late a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether I like to be or not. See, and that's um, one big difference between you and I is that I'm always super early and I don't want to be super early. And you you are tend to be late, even though you really want to not be late. Yeah. 
it just happens, you know. I get distracted really easily. But I really like makeup. I really like that. Oh, kind I like of makeup fashion. too. Yeah. I'm really into that scene, you know. I really like fashion. I'm just really poor. <laughs> Same. If so I had like, money, maybe I could be fashionable. Yeah. And so I try really hard to be at least semi-fashionable. Um, not really. Like, don't don't take me for face value on that uh, statement. But I uh, I like it. I can't afford it, so most of my clothing comes from secondhand stores. Oh, me too. Yeah. You know what I'm wearing today? What? Walmart. (laughs) Yes. That's my go-to. What I'm wearing today? A free shirt from Harvard. (laughs) I don't go to Harvard. Don't don't take that for what that was either. I just realized that literally my whole outfit is Walmart. My shirt, my cardigan, my pants, and my shoes. You know, that's a new level. Time and true, you know? This is my level. <laughs> that time and true brand is coming through. Oh, my God. Time and true and faded glory hit me <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love. I really like Target. Target's pretty. But that's also, like, super expensive. Like, compared yeah, Target to is more expensive. Yeah. Anyways, do you want to do trivia now that we've discussed our topic? Yeah. Okay, I go first. Yes, you do. Are you ready? I'm born ready. (laughs) Okay. Trivia number one. What is the scientific name for those who are born with webbed toes? Hmm. Okay. So A is the Halix valgus. B is Tinea pedis. C is syndactyly. D is brachymetatarsia. And E is metatarsalgia. Hmm. Do you want me to repeat any of them? Yes, all, period. I really should have looked up how these are pronounced. I'm doing my best, guys. You're um, totally okay. A is the Halus valgus. The tinea pedis is B. Syndactyly is C. Brachymetatarsia is D. Or metatarsalgia is E. Is it D? Brachymetatarsia. Uh-huh. It is not. I did, however, kind of try to trick you because all of these do have to do with the foot. So a lot of their Latin has to do with the word foot. Okay. Um, tinea pedis is actually athlete's foot. Cool. Uh, brachymetatarsia is when there's one or more abnormally short or overlapping toe bones. Mm. The hallux valgus is a bunion. Oh. Metatarsalgia is also called a stone bruise, and it is said to feel like if you had a rock stuck in your shoe, like the pi- the pain would feel like that. <gasps> oh, that's awful. Yeah, that's I know. But the answer for webbed toes is syndactyly. Okay, it sounds like a pterodactyl. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like their fingers. Yeah. You could think of it that way, yeah. That's cool. 
Interesting. I wonder where your story is going. (laughs) I know. I try to pick ones that are like, what? Cool. Okay. (laughs) So my question is, what was the first swimwear brand? Go. I'm just joking. A, the Diving Doll Co. B, Madison's Swimwear. C, the Red Diving Girl Company. D, Senate Bathing Beauties. Or E, none of the above. I just want to say Madison's whatever because I'd like her to be like, I'm the first one. It's Madison. (laughs) That would be really good. But no, I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) The answer you know is how act- to get me. <laughs> the answer is actually C, the Red Diving Girl Company. Sure. So <laughs> Madison's like, uh-uh. Madison's I like, no way. Somewhere. You just got the patent before me. Yeah. The name swimsuit was coined in 1915 by Jansen Knitting Mills a sweater manufacturer who launched a swimwear brand named the Red Diving Girl. The first annual bathing suit day at New York's Madison Square Garden in 1916 was a landmark. That's why I named it Madison. (laughs) That's so funny because literally when you said Madison's, I was like, oh, Madison Square Garden. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. It's uh, New York's Madison. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I still think Madison did it, but okay, whatever. Probably. Okay. Trivia two. What type of coat was invented specifically for World War One soldiers? The bomber jacket, obviously. Listen to my answer choices, please. Knew that. A. The trench coat. B. A smoking jacket. C, a duster. D, a bomber jacket. Or E, the tailcoat. I feel like it's a trick. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you my two, my three things that I feel like. E out of the five? Be. Yeah, as of right now. So the first one, the uh, trench coat. Um, which w- could have just been later used as a rain jacket or the duster, because what the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's the bomber jacket, obviously. Right. I don't think it's the trench coat. I It could either be the duster or the bomber, because the tail coat, that's like what conductors use. Yes. Yeah, so that's not the answer. And the s- other one... Smoking jacket? Is like a blazer. Right? Um, I'll tell you later. Oh, no, is that the answer? I don't, I don't know. I want you to pick an answer, and then I'll tell you what I know about them. <laughs> that's generally how this works. With the bomber jacket. Just because I have an original one from World War II. Oof. Was it the duster? No. Nope. Was it the... D- 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 just tell me. So, you said the bomber was World War II. My question was World War One. 
I know. I knew that it was obviously mine wasn't from World War Two yeah. or World War One. It could have been made in so, World War One. Uh just to answer your question about what a duster is, a duster is actually for people on horseback normally. Or oh, for riding oh, yeah. in a motor carriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that I knew I had heard it, but I still was like, what the heck is that? I don't know. But was it I, the trench coat because they were in trenches? It was the trench coat. <laughs> I didn't uh, remember you saying World War One. I. I just kind of blacked out, I guess. Yes. So um, you know, the smoking jacket was normally like a lounge ish robish yeah. looking. You wore it with like an ascot normally. Uh tailcoat <laughs> was like fancy schmancy. Um, but the very first trench coat ever was invented uh by Berber Burberry and yeah. <laughs> was made <laughs> I have a joke. Okay. But keep going. Well, keep going. Okay, keep going. So the very first trench coat ever was invented by Burberry, and it was made strictly for crawling and walking through the trenches in World War One. Mm-hmm. Hence the name trench coat, Sarah. And then bombers like, would be World War Two because they had the bombing planes. Who am I, and why do I just not listen to my gut? Honestly, <laughs> I almost wrote the question: What jacket was made for the trenches? The trench coat. The bomber. I know. And I probably would have talked myself out of my own intuition again. You would have been like, it's a trick. Yeah, literally. <laughs> no, but Burberry. Okay. So, Beatrice and I, when we live together, and we still are, we tend to be very in sync with what we are thinking. So, one day, two of our friends were standing in our foyer, and we were talking about fashion, I think. We were talking uh-huh. about, like, really like being wealthy and being able to afford things for our children because Mm -hmm. she was like oh my children are gonna look so cute I'm gonna dress them up and I'm like oh my gosh same my fur babies are gonna look the best right and she was like oh yes I can already see and I was like yeah my cats are gonna wear freaking bow ties and I was thinking Burberry bow ties because BB you know Burberry bow tie sounds great and she was like Yes, this will be you. Well, my uh, my cat's bow ties are from Burberry. And I was like, <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I was just thinking that. You read my mind. It was pretty great. And we died. And the yeah. other two friends had no idea what was happening. So it was Right. <laughs> okay. Well, Burberry bow ties and dust coats. How many estimated fashion companies are located in Manhattan? Holy crap. A, 600. B, 900. C, 1,000. D, 1,500. E, 2,000. Go. Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's so many. I mean. I'm going to go with 900. An estimated 900 fashion companies are headquartered in New York City, which is also home to more than 75 major fashion trade shows and thousands of showrooms. So was I right? No, Jessica. (laughs) Obviously, 2,000 came out of my mouth when I read you the the fact. I am so happy. I'm glad I could give you some joy. You gave me some joy. Thank you. You're welcome. I was just, that's a lot of fashion. <laughs> a lot of fashion. It's I fashion. Know. Look it up, Karen. <laughs> it's couture. <laughs> it's contour. 
It's Cordier. That's how you say it. Fancy. Do you want to hear my story? Gucci. Okay, so um, my questions, one had to do with webbed toes and one had to do with a coat. Can you guess what I'm going to cover? A frog wearing a coat. So close. A prince wearing a coat. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, so. The frog prince wearing a coat. Not quite. I'm actually going to cover... One of my favorite mythical creatures. The frog. Yes, you figured me out. Ribbit. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. Do you know what a selkie is? Yes. That's what I'm covering today. Great, because I actually don't know that much about it. Cool, 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 cool. I kind of did a different setup for this one. I didn't write like bullet points like how I normally do. I have it set up in different sections. Okay. So first, we're going to talk about where and when did the legend of the Selkie begin? Just a little background. The answer to that question is, uh, we don't know. (laughs) You know, that's fair. We don't know for sure, but we do know that the stories have been around at least since the 18th century. Mm. And the word Selkie is derived from the Scottish word... Seal, I believe, which translates to sea. And some other names that Selkies go by are Silkies or Selchies. I don't like that. <laughs> With both of them or the last one? The Selchies. Right. It's like you're selling cheese. Who knows? You just see, uh, get it? See, you just see a Selkie selling cheese. A selkie sell cheese. <laughs> so the tale of the selkie is often thought to derive from Western Ireland and Scotland, but there's also myths in England, Wales, and Iceland. Iceland, you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So selkies are normally, normally when people talk about selkies, they associate them with mermaids uh, or finfolk and fae, which is like fairies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, how does one become a Selkie? Good question. No. (laughs) Um, A lot of these really do depend on who you ask. Some stories say that Selkies are what's made when a spirit falls from a place of heavenly origin. Some say that it's the soul of those who had ended their own life. Mm. Others say it's the soul of a person who had died at sea. You know, I'm sure there's people that just say, like, it's what it is, you know. So we've been talking about where the stories come from. But let me define what a Selkie is. Because I'm sure some of our listeners have never heard of them. A Selkie is, in layman's terms, a shape-shifting seal person. Beautiful. Yes. According to the stories... They are able to shed their seal skin and they will reveal an attractive human form. So they, in the water, there's a seal. When they come out, there's a person. Right? So you're doing folklore, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doing lore, in case you didn't guess. No, I'm doing psychology. (laughs) The psychology of selling cheese is a selkie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
So um, many tales say that a selkie, when they turn into a human, have really, really, really fair skin and dark hair. <gasps> Do you think I was born as a selkie? I was born really, really pale with black hair. hair. Oh, I was like, you don't have dark hair, Sarah. It all fell out. Oh, you lost your selkie form. <laughs> I'll <laughs> never be a seal. Nope. No. Nope. So I'm not stealing around. So there are some theories of origin of the story of the Selkie. And wait, you could be a Selkie. I could. I think you Who are. knows? I'm really, really white. Um <laughs> and beautiful. All of my ancestry is from the UK area. <gasps> it's that you're a Selkie. Head cannon confirmed. <laughs> and I'm shaped like a seal, so. No, you're not. You're shaped as a beautiful maiden under the seal form. <laughs> when will my seal form disappear? Wait, no, that's not how it works. Aren't you one or the other? I am, I am simultaneously both. <laughs> that's not true. Anyways. You're too short to be a seal. <laughs> Oof. Hot take. <laughs> anyway <laughs> some theories of the origin is that the theories might have originated there's a bunch of different reasons one is um spaniards washing ashore like from their ship or whatever and they had really really dark hair and so they resembled the seals so that's one thing um the other thing is indigenous tribes, the Sea Sami and the Clavat, that travel by kayak boats covered in seal skin and they wore very little clothing. So some people might have thought they were seal people. Hmm. Another version of that one that I had heard, I actually heard it on another podcast. Let me see. I have the name of it. It's called Five Minute Folklore and it's only like 20 to 30 minutes long. It's a liar. Um, but it's really good. Like the production value he puts into it. He has people do voices for the stories and like music and like Foley work. It's awesome. Anyways, what he had said is that these, um, indigenous tribes, these people would go to the shore and they would like take off all of their, um, uh, like pelts, the skin to like dry out. So it'd be like a person sitting next to all the pelts. So people thought that maybe they had taken it off because they were a seal and become a person. Hmm. There's even a suggestion that after Christianity swept through the lands, the seal people were meant to represent those in purgatory caught between two worlds. And one of the most popular theories is that they were formed from the human souls of drowned people who are granted one night each year to return to their human form and dance upon the shore of the sea. Marvelous. Yes. It is widely speculated that, like many myths from all cultures, tales of selkies were created as a way to explain the unexplainable. So sometimes if a kid was born with webbed fingers and toes or a face that looked like a seal or scaly skin, they that's why they think they could have made up this tale. But today there's actually actual like scientific names for all of those things. So a lot of the stories involving selkies do end tragically or bittersweet in all the tales regarding the selkies one of the most important details is that of the selkies coat so the coat is the seal skin that the selkie takes off to become a human 
And the only way for a Selkie to turn back into its seal form is to put its coat back on. Right. Many stories, sadly, are about a person who will take a Selkie's coat and hide it from them so they can't return to the sea. That's so rude. Well, what's ruder is that many times they force the Selkie to marry them. That's even worse. Yeah. Okay, so they hide the coat. What if the Selkie is like, yeah, sure, I'll marry you, but then, like, steals the coat back and runs away? That happens very often. Good. Good for them. Yes. Um, oh, what's even worse is that there are tales in which the human is so desperate to make sure that the Selkie never leaves... So they burn the coat, making the Selkie bound to them forever. That's Yes. In all of these situations, subconsciously, the Selkie is extremely depressed and aches to return to the sea. Some Selkies, you know, that have been taken captive by this human have married Selkie partners and Selkie children. And so when they get taken, they're completely taken away from that. The Selkie can't see their family as long as they're under the power of their captor. And in many cases, the children born between the Selkie and the captor find the coat and the Selkie parent returns to sea. In the years to come, the Selkie halflings either leave with their Selkie parent, giving up their mortality and diving into their birthright, or they will stay behind to keep company to the brokenhearted human parent. Hmm. So Selkies never abandon their children and often call them to the sea to spend time with them in these cases, but they do avoid the human that kept them a slave at all costs, naturally. Yeah. Um, so now on to their personality. Selkies are known to be gentle. They do not cause fear that a lot of the other fey creatures do. They're gentle. They're uh, creative. And apparently that makes them ap- amazing wives and husbands. And um, Selkies are always considered beautiful. They allure a lot of people because there have been multiple tales about Selkies who help fishermen at sea with their catch or navigating them out of harm's way. And maybe they think those stories come from the fact that Selkies could be reincarnated souls of those who have drowned. Mm-hmm. But most stories do have some sort of romantic aspect between them. So... Selkies are known to remove their skin and dance along the shore in the beams of the full moon. If a human catches a a glimpse of a Selkie of the opposite sex out of its coat, they undoubtedly fall in love, is what this article that I read said. I'm sure it doesn't have to be their opposite sex, but you know. You know. Um, Sometimes, on the good stories, sometimes the Selkies fall in love with the humans and will seek them out. And it's not like a captive situation, which is great. You know, consent. That's, consent that's, is great. That's always a good thing. Yes. Always but needed. The tragedy between a mutual love is that, according to some people, after one night with their lover, the Selkie has to return to the sea, never to return to their human mate for seven years. That's awful. Yeah. Why is so, that? I don't know. It's just, and I'll cover it more later, but depending on where you hear the story, there's different, like, rules that the Selkie has to abide by. Yeah. So... Yeah, there are stories of Selkie seeking love and luring their human mate out to the sea where they are never seen again, and I don't know if that's a death thing, or if that's, like, conversion into another Selkie, or what. Mm-hmm. Um... 
There are small differences in the lore about Selkies depending on the location or the gender of the myth, like where it comes from. In Scotland, most of the Selkie stories are actually about male Selkies. Ooh. Yes. But the most well-known tales hail from the northeastern coast of Orkney on the Shetlands Islands. It was not unheard of Selkies luring loves into the waves forever. Hmm. In Ireland, Selkie stories are predominantly about female Selkies and how fishermen take them as obedient wives after hiding their steel their seal garb and the tradition as the traditional stories go. Most Irish Selkie folklore hairs from Donegal I don't know if that's Donegal County Donegal something Ireland Donegal CO Ireland in Iceland the company right yes in Iceland Midsummer's Night would be the eve that Selkies would take to the shores for dancing and festivities the Midsummer's Night dream yes on Kalsoy, an island between Scotland and Iceland, a Selkie placed a curse on the land, and I will tell you that story towards the end of this. I have the story. Um, But they even erected a statue to commemorate the tale. Like, there's a statue of a Selkie woman in the water that was, like, built to withstand, like, 16-foot tall waves and all this. There's some videos of it that are pretty cool. That's so cool. I want to go and see it. Let's add that to our world tour. Yes. Someone needs to go through and write down everything we say we're going to go to. I mean, please. I need to remember because I'm going to go, obviously. Obviously. In Wales, there was a person named Dylan Aldon. Dylan. Dylan was born as the first son of Arianrod. Arianrod? I think that's how that's pronounced. Um, And they turned into a selkie once he was placed in the water to be baptized. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. Some other differences between Sorkies. Sorkies? Like Yorkies. (laughs) (laughs) Some other differences between stories is when a Selkie could come on land. Some say it's only every seven years. Some say on full moons. Some say midsummer solstice. Others say whenever they want. I, I could not find a set like this is when they come to land, and this is when they leave. Um, there's also differences between male and female Selkies. There are just as many male stories as there are as female stories. And according to them, most male Selkie stories are from Scotland. Once the coat has been taken off, a muscular, tall, lean, fair-skinned, long, dark-haired male emerges. Wow. So magical. Uh, so magical male <laughs> selkies can enchant any human woman with their seduction spells Ooh. yeah no, the male sel- consent consent yes <laughs> if a male selkie had a child with a human female he would leave the sea and be present with her during the birthing process and afterward he would take the child to the ocean to teach them the way of the seal the way of the seal. Yes. Um, <laughs> no thanks. But kind of cute. But kind of scary. But kind of like why? It's sad for the the lady. <clears throat> well, I mean, what if it's just like a day thing? 
like daddy child getting to know each other, spending time together, and then they come back. Go to learn the way of the seal with daddy, honey. <laughs> Have a <Nope>. good day. <laughs> um, male selkies were also known to crash or sink ships that hunted seals. Good, <laughs> but yes. also scary. Yes, but also those are human people too. Yes, that's a very shrieky train. Yes, it is. Male selkies also tend to tar- target women who are unsatisfied with their lives and relationships, and also lonely fishermen's wives. Oh. The Scottish believed all gray seals were male selkies, and if a woman wanted... Oh, this is interesting. There was a ritual to... If you were a lady and you wanted yourself a silky boy... You would go to the ocean and you would have to cry seven tears into the ocean at high tide on a full moon. (laughs) This sounds like Bloody Mary, like all the things you have to do. But what if you had eye drops? (laughs) Would that count? I don't know. Because it's saline solution. It's basically liquid, like it's tears, man-made tears. So then you could just like squeeze seven drops into the ocean on a full moon. Yeah. It'd be much easier and more accurate. <laughs> right. Um, or what I, if, what if, okay, 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 hear me out. What if you had um, a glass eyedropper and you cried like all month? So then cried you like could... a bunch of tears into it just to be like, <laughs> this is my tear. I cried this like and so two then weeks you're ago. more accurate and putting your tears into the ocean so that you're not just like hanging out over the edge of the cliff like because <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. seven is a very odd but like <laughs> specific number yes it is it says that the male selkie will leave the sea and be summoned to love her if he so chooses to take her offering most cannot resist fulfilling fulfilling an emptiness that they so often face themselves Oh, oh. Sad. Uh, Female selkies. Heart. What? I said it hurts my heart. Oh. Female selkie stories are very popular, but they also differ from the males. Whereas males tend to be independent, female selkies often travel in pods of at least three. Um, they will shed their coats to dance on the shore together. Sounds like a girl's night. <laughs> girls, selkies, just wanna have fun. Uh. <laughs> That's her mantra. <laughs> so, de- ooh, you could be a selkie because depending on location, female selkies either have black hair or rusted red locks. You're almost there. Uh, I am a selkie. But wait, we could be the selkie sisters. <laughs> <laughs> we just need one more so we could go dance on the beach. <laughs> and it does say... In a straight or wavy texture. I have I, wavy. I have straight. <laughs> Fair skin. Check. <laughs> Rusty blonde red hair. Check. Dark hair. Check. Check. All wow. Of it. We're selkies. So the female selkies are a lot more prone <clears throat> to help sailors and fishermen than the males due to their nurturing behavior. They are extremely crafty. They are... Whenever they're taken as wives, they're naturally able to provide. If that is cooking or crafting or whatever, they're good at it. And they have a natural gift of singing that connects them to their pods, ancestry, and magic. Wow. 
Yes. They, female selkies that return to the sea after having half-human children use their song to call their children to summon them for quality time. <gasps> That's Blah. <laughs> One more thing before I go into our story is the traits of a selkie descendant. There's eight things. That's us. I mean, pretty much. Are you ready? Oh, wait. This makes it sound like... I don't know. This makes it sound like you might be more of a selkie than me. Listen. Number no, one. No, no, no. We're, not here, we're not here to compete. We're both. We're both. Naturally. We're both. Anyways. <laughs> number one. Very dark natural hair color and straight or loose wave texture. Check. Both of us. Number two. Slight webbing between the fingers. Well... I mean, we all have connections between fingers, you know. Our fingers have to be connected to the hand, oh, no. so. Yeah, I'm not seeing the webbiness. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's, it's I kind of have trait. webbiness. Kind it's of. a recessive trait. You're right. <laughs> Number three, super fair skin. Yes. Check. Number four, black eyes or extremely light blue or green. We both have that. I mean, my eyes are hazel. So Your eyes are green. What are you talking about? <laughs> sure. um, number five, ancestors hailed from the shores of Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Iceland, or England. Check. Yeah, kind of. Oh, I've looked up mine. Mine is very, very, very British. Mine is very, very Caucasian. <laughs> right. <laughs> The next thing is fascination with the ocean. Check. I love boats. I know. Number <laughs> seven. <Nautical> stuff. <laughs> Wait, before I ask you this, Sarah, are you a vegetarian? Yeah, pescatarian, vegetarian, pe- mainly vegetarian. What's a pescatarian? I sometimes have to eat fish. Okay, number seven is seafood cravings. <laughs> and number Woo! eight, naturally great swimmers. Sure. I, I'm good at swimming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm okay. If I trained, I could probably do swim team. It's just I'm long, so it's easy for me to, like, touch the wall faster too long. than person. <laughs> okay, so what I have left for you is a story. And this is one of the, like, really well-known. There's a couple really, really well-known ones. And if you want to listen to them all, read very well and... They're really cool. Listen to that podcast. Um, what did I say? It was five minute folklore. It's the first episode. Oh, <laughs> so cool. it's really good. So this story has a lot of words I don't know how to say. Okay. The legend of Copaconan, <laughs> literally meaning the seal woman, is one of the best known folktales in the Faroe Islands. Uh, and this is the story that came with the curse that I had talked about earlier. Gotcha. So, um. Psh, psh, psh. Seals were believed to be former human beings who voluntarily sought death in the ocean. Once a year, on the 13th night, they were allowed to come on land, strip off their skins, and amuse themselves as human beings dancing and enjoying themselves. A young farmer from the village of McAdler, McGladler, McGladler? I don't know, something like that. I think it's the village of McAdler, something like that. Ooh. On the northern island of Kalsoy, wondering if the story was true, he went and lay in wait on the beach one thirteenth evening. 
He watched and saw the seals arriving in large numbers, swimming toward the shore. They clambered onto the beach, shed their skins, and laid them carefully on the rocks. Divested of their skins, they looked just like normal people. The young lad stared at the pretty seal girl placing her skin close to the spot where he was hiding. And when the dance began, he sneaked up and stole it. <gasps> the dancing and games went on all night, but as soon as the sun started to peep above the horizon, all the seals came to reclaim their skins to return to the sea. The seal girl was very upset when she couldn't find her skin, though its smell still lingered in the air. And then the man appeared holding it. But he wouldn't give it back to her, despite her desperate entreaties. Her her desperately begging. Okay. So she was obliged to accompany him to his farm. He kept her with him for many years as his wife, and she bore him several children. But he always had to make sure that she didn't have access to her skin. He kept it locked up in a chest to which he alone had a key. A key which he kept at all times on a chain attached to his belt. One day, yeah. One day, while he was out sea fishing with his companions, he realized he had left the key at home. He announced to his companions, Today, I shall lose my wife. And he explained what happened. The fact that he just knew. He yeah. was like, Yeah. Yeah. So I stole this person's stuff, and uh, I'm dumb and yeah, deserved it. Yeah, he fessed it. up to all of his friends. He deserves it. Yes. Oh, it gets worse. The men pull in their nets and lines and row back to the shore as fast as they could. But when they arrived at the farm, they found the children all alone and their mother gone. Their father knew she wasn't going to come back as she had put out the fire and put away all the knives so that the young ones couldn't do themselves any harm after she'd left. Indeed, once she had reached the shore, she had put on her seal skin and plunged into the water where a bull seal who had loved her all those years before was still waiting for her. When her children, the ones she had with the man, uh, later came down to the beach, a seal would emerge and look toward the land. People naturally believed that it was the children's mother, and so the years passed. Oh, I forgot. One more thing, one more reason why they think that the story of the silky may have been a thing is because if you look at a seal, they have very human-like eyes. Oof, that's scary. Yeah, so that's another reason. Anyways, one day it happened that the man planned to go deep into one of the caverns along the far coast to hunt the seals that lived together with his friends. The night before they were due to go, the man's seal wife appeared to him in a dream and said that if he went on the seal hunt in the cavern, he should make sure he didn't kill the great bull seal that would be lying at the entrance, for that was her husband. Nor should he harm the two seal pups deep inside the cave, for they were her two young sons. She described her, their skins so he would know them. But the farmer... What the heck? <laughs> what? Like, I get... I don't know. Like, he's going to do something not good to them, right? Yes, obviously. Yeah, don't describe them. <laughs> I know. I'm Like, she's trying, but if you know someone's mad at you, don't give them ammunition. Yeah. The farmer didn't listen to the message. He joined the others on the hunt, and they killed all of the seals they could lay their hands on. Oh, my gosh. When they got back home, the catch was divided up, and for his share, the farmer received the large bull seal and both the front and hind flippers of the two young pups. Oh, my gosh. That's disgusting. Yeah. In the evening, when the head of the large seal and the limbs of the small ones had been cooked for dinner... 
There was a great crash in the smoke room, and the seal woman appeared in the form of a terrifying troll. She sniffed at the food in the troughs and cried the curse. Here lie the head of my husband with his broad nostrils, the hand of Harek, and the foot of Frederick. Now there shall be revenge, revenge on the men of Mikandalur, and some will die at sea and others fall from the mountaintops until there be as many dead as can link hands all around the shores of the Isle of Kalsoy. Wow. When she had pronounced these words, she vanished with a great crash of thunder and was never seen again. But still today, alas, it also happens from time to time that men from the village get drowned at sea or fall from the tops of cliffs. It must therefore be feared that the number of victims is not yet great enough for all the dead to link hands around the whole perimeter of the Isle of Kalsoy. Wow. So that is that story. Um, I do want to say there is a much happier story. Um, it used to be on Netflix, but it's not anymore. And it's one of my, I really, really love this movie. It's called Song of the Sea. Huh. Um I looked all over today. It is not on Netflix anymore. It is not on Hulu. You can rent it on Amazon. But um, my TV, we have Dish, and they have, like, Dish on Demand. It's free Mm -hmm. on that. So I watched it this morning, and I made my family watch it with me. Because I've seen it before. And it, if you are interested in The Legend of the Selkie, it's a really good one to watch. And it also has a lot of other, like... Celtic, Irish, you know, Scottish myths put into it. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good. So I would recommend it. But that is the Selkie. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Nice. Nice. Ooh. That's what I got. Imagine being a Selkie. Right? Like, imagine having that, like... If you lose your coat, you lose, like, your entire life. Right. And you have Um, to keep up with that one thing. Do you know how much pressure that is? (laughs) Yeah, it really, really is. I am not very responsible, so I feel like I would be crazy. Well, I mean, you wouldn't wear it all the time, I guess. Or no, you would wear it all the time and just never go out. (laughs) Never leave. Never leave the sea. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the sea, you're just a seal. It's not like a coat you have to wear. It's right. just when you leave. So you're just saying, like, don't even have the chance of taking yeah, it off. Exactly. Because you'll lose it. Uh-huh. That's what I'm That's saying. That's about right. <laughs> well, do you want to hear my story? Tell me. Okay, I will. So, I drew true crime. Whoa fashion true crime yeah and uh and the biggest most well-known has to do with Versace and how he was killed by someone he knew obviously Mm -hmm. kind of it was weird like he was stalked there's a whole documentary thing on it's like a whole short mini thing on Netflix where Uh They, like, acted out and all that stuff, and it's really good. I haven't watched it personally, but I've heard great things about it. But it's a really big story. Gotcha. And a lot of podcasts have covered it. There's, like, whole dedicated podcasts to it. 
Um, so I didn't do that one. Okay. I did a smaller story, and it was the murder of a fashion designer by the name Sylvie Cachet. Okay. So Sylvie was a beautiful Peruvian, uh, Peruvian, sorry, hello, words, Peruvian-American woman who grew up in Arlington, Virginia, as well as Peru, but moved to New York to study fashion design in New York City. She worked for clothing designers Marc Jacobs, Tommy Hilfiger, Victoria's Secret. And in 2006, she began to start her own swimsuit line called Sila. Okay. Wait, I know that. Mm-hmm. But sadly, on December 9th, 2010, at 3 a.m., guests at the Soho House in Manhattan, New York City, were complaining that their room above that the room above theirs was leaking down into their room. Oh, no. When hotel staff found her body fully submerged in the bathtub of their room with the faucet still running. Mm. So they went up to investigate. And they found just a whole bunch of water. And it was not good. In 2010, Sylvie was 33. And she was living with her boyfriend at the time a 24-year-old Nicholas Brooks. He was a college dropout and was unemployed at the time. He was also leg- he also had a reputation of patronizing prostitutes as well as consuming large amounts of alcohol and marijuana at the at that time. His father was Joseph Brooks, who was a songwriter and he received a large amount of fame after writing the 70s hit, You Light My Fire. But in 2009, he was arrested on charge, charges of sexual assaulting several women, which led him uh, to, be, to being put in prison. In 2011, he committed suicide while in prison. So Nick did not seem to fall too far from the tree he was raised under. Sounds like it. Basically is what I'm trying to get to. So with that background... At the time the body of Cachet was found, Brooks was at a bar not too far from the hotel. When he arrived back at the room, or back at the hotel, I guess, less than an hour later, he was arrested under the suspect of murder, of the murder of Sylvie Cachet. The prosecution contended that Brooks strangled and drowned Cachet because she intended to break up with him. And that he left her in the tub and went to the bar in an attempt to create an alibi. Brooks denied this and claimed that she must have accidentally drowned to the combination of sedative effects and five prescription medicants found in her system during the autopsy after he left for the bar. In support of this claim, his team brought in chief medical examiner Suffolk County to support his claim, but according to the police evidence, Cachet had red marks around her collarbone, leading them to report and believe that it was indeed a homicide. Yeah. The authorities, yeah, that's a big indicator. That's an indicator. Yeah. The authorities investigating Cachet's death gained warrant to physically examine Brooks, which included things like swabs under his fingernails to see if he indeed strangled her. And this was actually conducted even before he was suspected for foul play. So they were on their stuff. Right. They <laughs> Which seem is... to be on top of it. But NYPD, you know, good for uh, you did well. <laughs> good job. 
At the scene of the crime, there were there were prescription drugs found and per- empty prescription bottles, but there were no illegal drugs. The relationship between the two, Cache and Brooks, only lasted a very rough six months, and rough they seemed to be. It was not a healthy relationship at all, which is the main evidence against him, basically. Right. One friend even described the relationship as really tum- tumultuous. Tumultuous? Tumultuous, whatever. I think I spelled it wrong. Tumultuous. <laughs> so in later years, uh, no, hello, in a letter. Now, y- Sarah. In a letter she wrote to him not long before her death, she asked him to treat her better, to take her on real dates, to hold her, and to stop smoking and marijuana as well as to cut back on alcohol. She wanted him to do something productive until he found a job, to clean up after himself and to share uh, in household duties and to leave leave the window blinds open during the day. Like, she just wanted him to be an actual nice person. Like, Like, those are all valid. She just wanted him to actually do something with himself. And she ended with, if you can't do all of these things, then this likely won't work. So I was like, girl, why why are you still in this relationship? <laughs> like, well, she was trying to give him one last chance. She gave him a lot of chances. Yeah. Sadly. Um, prosecutor said that this note did not go over well between them, apparently. And during the first day of the trial at the Supreme Court in Manhattan, one email between the couple had a very explicit subject line that accused Brooks of cheating on her, which made her sick. She said in the email, Nick, for the past six months, I have supported you financially and emotionally. I am speaking to the credit card company and the police, and I'm going to tell them that I never allowed you to use my card. I don't care. Have fun in jail. Sylvie. End quote. Wow. Prosecutors stated that it was only hours after the email was sent and read that Brooks attacked Cache and murdered her in a fit of rage. Dang. The defense, yeah, <laughs> very, and this is just like bits and pieces. This isn't even their whole relationship. Yeah. The defense stated that they couldn't hold the whole relationship on that one email since the entire relationship was either ups or downs. They claimed that right after that harsh email she sent him that Brooks actually followed up with a very tender and emotional message that counteracted her anger. However, most of Cachet's friends claimed that they had never seen her in such a crazy crazy and emotionally unstable relationship. Prosecutors said that on the evening before Miss Cachet's death, this is a quote, by the way, mm-hmm. the couple made up and she fell asleep in bed surrounded by candles while Mr. Brooks showered. He returned to the bedroom to find the bed on fire and Miss Cachet's <gasps> hair singed. The couple left the apartment and walked to Soho's house, where they checked in about 12.30 a.m., not long after they entered their room. A hotel employee heard arguing coming from inside. The prosecutor said at about 1 a.m., Mr. Brooks ate a steak in the hotel's dining room and left soon after to drink with the man he met in the lobby of the Soho house. Hotel employees entered Miss Cachet's room to find the source of the water of a water leak they found her in the bathtub mr brooks returned at the hotel at 5:30 a.m and was taken to a police precinct for questioning mr arnold said the case 
said the case against Mr. Brooke will be based on circumstantial evidence because Mr. Brooks made every possible effort he could to cover up his crime, end quote. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, he made several critical mistakes, he said. Good. And that was NewYorkTimes.com. Brooks was later convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 25 years to life in prison after several days of being in court. Quote, the, so the Appellate Division First Department affirmed saying the trial court properly gained the Fry hearing defendant's forensic pathologist. So that was the guy he brought in for the medical, no, for the drug, like, to claim that she was mm-hmm. OD'd, basically. The forensic pathologist was not an expert in toxicology and could provide no authority to support this theory that five prescription drugs found in the victim's system interacted with one another so as to heighten their sedative effect and cause a victim to die accidentally, either directly from overdose or secondarily through accidental drowning. As a result, unintended drug induced in capitation. Defendants claim that he was prejudiced by the mere fact that you a mean hearing... prejudiced? Sorry, yeah. I can't read. No, you're fine. I was just like, what is prejudice? Prejudiced. <laughs> so, defendants claim that he was prejudiced. Prejudiced. <laughs> Either by Sarah's definition, they mean the same thing. By the mere fact that a hearing was held is unsubstantiated. It said the testimony of Cachet's friends was properly admitted. Proof of the murder victim's espoused intention to terminate her relationship with and stay away from defendant was admissible to show the... That's right admissible that's Mm -hmm. the right word okay to show the victim's state of mind and was relevant to the issue of the motive of defendant who was aware of the victim's attitude to kill the victim hence the background information about the couple's strife and unhappiness was admissible and highly provocative to the defendant's motive and was either directly related to or inextremably interwoven with the issue of his identity as a killer. And that's from the courts. So that's like the actual documentation from what happened. Gotcha. That's like online for everyone to read. And I'll put it in. Public court record. Yeah. I'll put it in, obviously, the links. That's why it's really hard to read. So basically, they're just saying that the toxicology report from the guy that Brooks brought in for his defense was invalid because yeah, he, like he didn't actually have the jurisdiction. Yeah, he didn't have the skill set in order to determine whether or not she OD'd or was tired, basically, and just drowned in the bathtub. Um, so they said that that was not good enough evidence against him and that because they brought in i didn't write it in my notes but they brought in 11 of her friends okay um well their friends basically yeah uh to speak out against their relationship and because it was basically all the same story but from different perspectives which is how you know they're not lying right 
that was enough evidence to prove that he was highly aggressive against her and towards her. Yeah. So uh, they took that over the fake toxicology report, basically. Right. So this case is one of the many examples of domestic violence, and it helps prove that this can happen to anyone in many different forms. And she loved this man even though he used her and abused her, and she wanted to fix him and help him. And just listening to the family speaking out about this amazing person who was smart and kind and just super loving and extremely talented. Like she was a rising star basically because she was rising really fast with her swimsuit line and I'm sure she was working on many other projects. And it's just horrible to hear that this is how she ended out, you know? Yeah. Her family today runs a company in her memory, which helps victims of domestic violence. And in 2016, District Attorney Vance's Domestic Violence Center has helped more than 20,000 people since it opened in 2014. So it's probably even just doubled that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. In March 2018, Brooke lost his final appeal in New York State's court system. Good. And... This ruling is granting the family of the late Sylvie Cachet to collect $12.5 million civil wrongful death award. And Brooks will be placed behind bars for a long time. Good. Mm-hmm. It isn't pure justice, but it's pretty good still. The start. Yeah. And if you have domestic violence in your life, there are plenty of places to go to to get help and uh, we can link some um in the description mm -hmm. we can link some hotlines and places online that you can go to if you have if you need a place to go and if you need some help so yeah so that's the story of brooks and cachet no, we're going to call that Sylvie's story. I don't even <laughs> want to put his name in that. Fair. Yeah. Hmm. I have feelings about Me the big too. man, maybe. Yeah, like, the fact, though, that he even went through the appeal process when he was, like, so guilty. Yeah. Is just insane. Like,. There's a 44 episode on it that I, like, watched online. Mm -hmm. um, and that's through ABC. ABC. Hello. Mm -hmm. I think it's ABC or it's CBS. I get those mixed up in my brain. Not in actuality. They're very different. I think it was 2014 when it came out. And it was really cheesy, but also it was really interesting to listen to and watch. And it was mm -hmm. just heartbreaking. Mm. But, yeah, if you want to go watch it, do. It's really interesting to watch because you don't hear about it. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like I'm it was a headliner, but I never heard it. I'm surprised I never heard it for how many headlines were on it, especially with his appeal cases. Right. But it isn't top news like Versace. Right. Fashion. Fashion. Do you know what our next topic is? 
I did a random state generator. Do you know what it said? No. It said Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. yeah let's do it. So do Hawaii, and I will have someone draw for you. Thank you. Rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. The South prevails. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> well, our next episode will be Hawaii. I'm excited. Hawaii. Why don't you tell Wait. these lovely folks how to find us? Okay. Um, so you can follow us on all of our social media at ACOTA, A-C-E-A-O-T-A. We're there. We're fair. And we have no glares. Um, you can also <laughs> you can also email us personal stories, anything you think is cool, anything that has to do with any of our topics. If you want to correct us on something we said wrong, you know, just be nice, can, please. Yeah, be nice. But you can I'm do aggressive. that at podcast at gmail dot com. That's a c e a o t a podcast at gmail dot com. And the best place to write a review. And give us some feedback is at Apple Podcast. So go we have follow five us reviews there. Last I checked. Boom. Boom. <laughs> five. Give us more. We're hungry. Um, and leave us a noise. And when we finally do our, I keep saying that, but when we do do our first uh, listeners episode, we will call you out. We'll shout out your name. I don't think y'all understand how much we want to do a listener's episode. I really want to. I really want to read your stories. Like, we just need our listeners to give us stories. Please. <laughs> maybe maybe we can do a personal stories at some point. First, yeah, let's do that. We'll plan for it. Okay. Well, it's in production. It's Boom. In it, it's going to happen. So count on that. And um, we love you. Very much. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Can you hear my dog? Yeah, but I feel like that's normal now. Uh-huh. Well, Rory, <laughs> she's being a turd today. I hate you. I know. I hear Brent going, Rory, stop barking. Rory, stop barking. What if you gave her a pacifier? Oh my god, I wish that would work. <laughs> I should throw my weighted blanket on her. It's like 20 pounds. I don't think she could stand. <laughs> we can sell cheese as selkies. I hate you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cut. 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 Cut.